Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Joining us today is Pro Football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP, former Baltimore Ravens linebacker, University of Miami grad, and Dancing with the Stars contestant, Ray Lewis. Ray is energetic, positive, funny, and compelling. He takes us through the valleys and mountaintops of his life that made him who he is today. He challenges us to give everything our all. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready, because this is Write It Down. Well, welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the phone with NFL Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP, former Baltimore Ravens linebacker, the legendary Ray Lewis. Ray, welcome to the show. I said hi, you as my agent. (laughs) (laughs) I like the introduction. Thank you for having me. I mean, you can hire me if you want. I mean, I'm sure I can make arrangements. I like it. All right. So, I mean, 2013, last ride with the Ravens, Super Bowl 47, crushing the Niners. All of a sudden, third quarter lights go out in the stadium. What's going on in your mind? Oh, man, honestly, I think it was more of keeping the guys and our team like truly in tune to what was going on right because first of all you know i had never been a part of anything like nobody had ever been a part of anything like that and so you just you just did not know what was going on you know and uh you know you didn't know if it was you know terrorists you, you just didn't know what was, what what was going on and then you know i came out later and i made a not, not even a joke. I said, listen, if you was raised the way I was raised in the projects, then every Friday your lights may go off, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but when you have a when you have a billion dollar industry going on, yeah. there's no way those lights go off. Beyonce just yeah. performed 45 minutes earlier. Yeah, they, so how can this go off? Yeah. Somebody pull that switch because the game was getting out of hand. Somebody I mean, and it wasn't just like two minutes. It was like 34 minutes. So it was a very long time. And I think that one of the things that for us, you're right, we were, we were definitely an older team. So, you know, it pulled us out of our groove. Oh, we yeah. were grooving at first, you know, and, you know, me personally, I'm telling you, Brooke, my body, my body was, I was, <clears throat> I was looking at myself you know, in the mirror and I'm, my body was screaming to me, like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I, I need a, I need to rest. I can't, you know, so. Um, you got your 34 minute rest though. You got a I second half time. Uh, uh, which is probably the worst. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause the adrenaline yeah. stops at that point. Yeah. Is it but tr- I tell you, there, there, there was no greater moment yeah. um, to be known for a defensive mentality mm-hmm. um, to have that last stand four downs on that goal line. And for me to retire like that, I done watched a lot of movies. I done watched all of the Rocky movies and everything. <laughs> I, I, I just never seen an ending that, that dramatic and that good. And the way that I went out, man. And, and honestly, my, my, my greatest reward, because I promised my mom and my daughter and my owner something um, right before I came back in the playoffs, you know, because my tricep yeah. wasn't totally healed. And I know it wasn't totally healed. But I'm, but I'm going to tell you something, Brooke, and I'm telling you this is really interesting, right? Because that moment taught me that you got to finish what you start, right? Right. And what it also taught me was pain sometimes only gives you access to your real potential, 
because if I wasn't dealing with that pain, right, then there was no way I would have ever been able to access one of my greatest abilities till still to this day. And that is to be a leader, mm. to be someone that goes beyond what your physical ability can do. And so that's where I think, honestly, like when I'm sitting there and the night before Brooke, I'm, I have my freaking arm because it's burning so bad. I can't call a doctor. Brooke, I only got three hours of sleep. So I'm, I got my, my arm tied up with my shoestring to the fire alarm. And I'm, that's the only way I can give it rest. And I have to sit up in the bed. So I'm asking God, I was like, God, what's the lesson? Like, what am I, right. wh- wh- why am I going through this? And then I realized that it wasn't about my physical, right? Because if you look at all of my whole career, my most dominant games, it was what, what it was. But that game was not about my physical yeah. dominance. That game was about my leadership ability. And um, and, and still to this day, man, um, it's just so many people, so many guys still call me to this day saying, if people knew what you did during that Super Bowl, it was incredible. It was, in, yeah. I think, to keep them inspired. So, what? Heck, I mean, heck of a ride. Heck uh, of a ride. I would say. I mean, and and you point back to to your leadership qualities, which that stands out to me the most in your life. I mean, among all your other accolades. Um, and I should have said this in your introduction um, as your agent, but you are a leader, um, <laughs> and you are you're a spiritual leader, but you're you're a passionate yeah. leader as well. So, what motivates you to lead men the way that you do? God, I, actually, I think it was everything that that for me, when I found myself young and broken and without a father and without a leader. Um, and I always said to myself, first of all, the only reason that I'm here talking to you now, because God made it all possible. But a lot of people would not make it out of the things that I had to endure from childhood all the way through. And I never wanted nobody to ever feel that way. I don't want people to feel that way because a lot of people can't figure out a way out of that. And we give up, right? And we, and we join gangs and we commit suicides and all these, you know, horrific things that happens. And I'm telling you, Brooke, I had a, I had a praying mother, I had a praying mother and then this woman just installed in me, you know, that, that God is all I ever needed. And, and just so happened, I believe that, you know, it takes a while for people to believe that sometimes, but the, the situation that I was in, the way I grew up and things that I was dealing with, I had no other choice but to believe God. Right. Like I was like, you know what? I'm in. I, I don't care what. There's. No, it can't not. It cannot be worse to what I'm dealing with right now. And so that's why I think my leadership abilities um, started to grow at a very, very early age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and we'll go into this further, but I mean, you did growing up have an absent father, um, yep. so you're kind of forced to be the man in the house. But what's a story that kind of repeats itself in your head about your childhood that it just kind of keeps you. Man, like it's that, you know, skeleton in the closet type of thing that keeps you going, giving that extra motivation. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I, I always go back to, um, you know, having having to figure out how to get a how to stop a man from physically abusing my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was the most challenging thing that I've ever dealt with in my life because I couldn't do nothing to change it. 
And uh, and then, you know, I asked my mom one day, she was crying and bleeding from my eyes. And I asked her one day, I said, Mom, I said, can I have a deck of cards? And she was like, I don't gamble in my house, boy. Ain't no deck of cards coming in this house. I was like, Mom, I don't need them for gambling. Um, I need them, you know, so I can. And I didn't tell her this, but I just wanted them so I can become stronger and try something out. And I never forget, Brooke, the last time my mom was beaten. Um, she had on glasses and she pulled her glasses off. And my mom was bleeding from my eyes, from both of her eyes. And I ran to my room and I threw the cards on the ground. And um, I started doing push-ups. And a five came out and I did five push-ups. And a seven came out, I did seven. Jack, Queen, King, I did 10. Um, Ace came out, I did 25. Joker came out, I did 15. I didn't have no, you know, no science to this. I was just like, just do something to work and freaking get past this pain mm-hmm. that you're dealing with. But I just wanted to be stronger because I was this little skinny kid, 135, 40 pounds. And I just wanted to figure out a way to get stronger to stop you from hurting my mom. So that's a recurrent theme because now I'm 44 years old and the only days that I've ever missed actually doing a deck of cards is if I had surgery. Um, and so I, I, I never forgot what that pain feels like. I never will forget what that pain feels like. And I never forget that it was only um, those deck of cards and God himself that uh, that, that uh, brought me through it. Yeah. And not only did it build a physical fitness in you, it, it built that mental toughness that you were able to tap into Super Bowl 47 when your triceps are like toast, your body's toast, you know, it's your last yeah. ride. So yeah. it's just like those memories. I mean, and then fast forward to, you know, 2018, it's your Hall of Fame induction. That yeah. morning you wake up, what's flooding your head that day? A lot of people, a lot of people can't see the dreams that you and God have. They right. can't. That's why so many enemies are always attacking you or telling you that you can't because it's not possible, right? And so my whole life, I've been telling my mama, my mama something my whole life. And so that morning, everything resurfaces, right? Every second of life, every pain, every up, every down, every surgery, every play, uh, it just resurfaces. And when it all comes back, when I looked on that stage and I looked at that woman's eyes, and I and that's the first thing I said outside of saying, "Father, wherever you are, I love you, regardless." I just wanted to get that out of my heart. But when I looked in her eyes, I said, "What I told you, we here, we yeah. we here, we we did that." And 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 to see my kids and to and to know that that moment was all in my heart. Brooke, I, I wrote a speech a thousand times. I mean, I tried it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this on a speech. I can't stand behind no podium. I can't do it. I got to be free. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, I got up there and I was like, God, you know what? It's me and you. And uh, and and those emotions, every second of my life since I was 10 years old, I recapped the morning of. And, um, and, and now... I never forget when I finished it, I walked out and I looked at my mama and she said, you remember what you told me at 10 years old? I said, tell me what I told you. She said, you tugged on my dress and you said, mama, one day you would never have to work another day in your life at 10 years old. Yeah. And I said, I, and I said, I did that. We did that. 
And so that was, it was probably one of the greatest moments of my life, yeah. honestly. I mean, yeah. you had me crying like a baby. I watched it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure many people were crying. But yeah. but what I what I love the most about, you know, what you said, um, just, just a little hidden nugget in there was just about the fact that a lot of the, the, the chasing happens in secret. And that's why kind of the enemies of your dreams seem so big because it's a lot of it is a private battle. So who were some of the people, maybe besides your mom that like helped you through some of those battles, some of those mentors, influential people in your life? Let me tell let me tell you the truth outside of my mom being the greatest hero of my life. Honestly, um, I think the one of the reasons why coaching coaches and coaching is one of the most crucial things that people one of the most crucial jobs that anybody can ever have why because 90 percent of coaching is is some sort not only mentoring but it's some sort of fatherhood it's some sort of motherhood it's some sort of of of, of giving somebody what they don't have Right. That's why I always tell coaches, don't yell at kids, you know, because you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what they're going back to and things like that. And so when you talk about people that impacted my life, I'll never forget E.J. Williams, my one of I mean, um, Head and Biscuit, 1985, the first time I ever was ever to play football for the Lakeland Lumberjacks. But they gave me the first fifteen dollars to sign me up to play. They made sure when they talked to my mom to say we will pick him up every day and drop him off. My wow. mom was like, he will not be doing that. She, she, he said, leave me, Ray. Let me talk to your mom. When my mom, my mom got done, she said, he, he's your responsibility now. You make sure he get home. You make sure he gets back. You make sure he has his brothers and sisters picked up from the school bus. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And those yeah. men... Yeah. And those men took a risk on me, right? E.J. Yeah. Williams, 1987. I had to move out. My mom had to give me to my great-grandmother for a few years because we went broke. E.J. Williams for the Mulberry Buccaneers. That man installed in me that you don't show weakness. You never show weakness. Don't you put your hand on your knees. And I learned this at 12 years old. No matter how tired you are, you put your hand on your hips and you let a man see you standing straight up. Grady Maddox, 1991, my first coach at, uh, at the, uh, Kathleen High School in, in, high, in my 10th grade year, looked at me and said, most of you guys need to be a leader like this young man. I'm 17 years, I'm 16 years old at this time. But he installed in me, Gary Lineberger, the same person that I introduced at the Hall of Fame with Stephen Poole, my wrestling coach. Stephen Poole, my wrestling coach, looked at me and looked at me in my eyes and said, you have something I've never seen in somebody's eyes, son. That man used to pick me up every day and stayed after school with me, trained with me in the wrestling mat and told me, you hungry? Yeah, I feed you and I give you a dollar. All I needed was a dollar because I'm going to go get a bag of candy just to survive because I wasn't eating every night. Brooke, my mom couldn't feed me. I had to shuffle around in different houses. Stephen Poole looked at me the night before the state championship. He says, you realize that there's never been a state wrestling championship in the history of this school. I said, coach, I will die before I lose this match. I went from Stephen. I went from Stephen Poole to Ernest Joe. Ernest Joe became my high school coach in 1992-93. This man took care of me. This man picked me every practice. He would drive me home. He would stop by uh, um, um, Country Chicken and Fish and get me a shrimp platter, double fries, three dollars and twenty-five cents, and drop me off and say, "Make sure you get in the house every day." 
He made me that leader. He was the first one that said, I'm going to figure out a way to get you a scholarship. Right. I leave Ernest Joe and I walk in. I, I bump bump into Dennis Erickson, 1993 at the University of Miami, who gave me the only scholarship in the country was Dennis Erickson because he played. He saw me play my last high school game. Randy Shannon was the linebacker coach who gave me my first ever start against the Colorado Buffaloes. Actually, picked my number 52 at the University of Miami when I walked in there. I'm just telling you, there was this, there was this tree of men that all I was looking for was a father. Wow. And so each one of these men, I, I just grabbed something from them and, and they saw me broken. And, and, and almost and almost 90% of the men that I told you about, 90% of them knew who my father was because my father actually attended the same school that I actually attended. In 1975, he was wrestling when I was born. Wow. So these men, I was inspired by what these men did for me. And I was inspired about the father that they showed me, right? And then you go through high school, you go through college, and then God forbid, my goodness, how do you come to the National Football League and, you, and you're being able to be coached by Marvin Lewis, Jack Dario, Max Yvonne, Mike Nolan, Rex Ryan, Mike Singletary, Wink Martindale, Vic Vangio, Mike Pitt, Mike Smith. Uh, Mike Smith. Come on, man, I, I, I was, I was, I was around Chuck Pagano. I was around men of substance, men of character. Yeah. And I and I and I absorbed every second of who they were because I listen, 44 years old, I got my kids, I got four kings, I got two queens, but the one thing that every man will miss the rest of his life is, is never being touched by a father. Yeah. Oh man, Brooke, that, that that's the one thing. That's the one thing and uh, and uh and that's why I think all of those men had such an impact in my life. I that, that's why I think coaching it's the second most important thing in the world outside of parenting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and at some point you, you, you got to look back on your life and be like, I mean, God just really took care of you by putting male figures in your life to lead you in the way that a father was always supposed to. I mean, yeah. and the importance of fatherhood. So you were you were always taken care of. It just wasn't in the way that you crave so badly. And, and but he has been faithful to you. Um, mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. letting you become a father. And, and so what do you think the solution is kind of in our culture? Like we lack in this area, um, you know, with absentee fathers. What do you think the solution is? Well, I, honestly, I think it's a couple of things. I think um, one of the one of the most crucial things that I think is, you know, it's accountability of a man. Right. There's a difference of being a daddy and being a father. Right. Anybody can be a daddy. Right. It, it takes a man to be a father and a father must be present. Mm. Um, and when you talk about the solution, the, the solution is really holding men accountable. You know, the, the good book says that the only thing that understands a king's mind is God himself. If you understand that, then your relationship with God is one of the most important things that you must develop at a very early age as a king. Why? Because the devil sees your future and he has the exact tools to take you away from your future, which is the first step he always attacks is your children. Mm. That's where the devil starts. And so when you talk about the solutions, the solutions is 
Fathers got to go back to praying with their kids again. Fathers got to go back to being seen in church with their kids again. Fathers got to go back to being an open book to their children again. No, ask me. I tell my kids all the time, ask me any question you want to ask. Because when you come back to me and you make a mistake, I'm only going to forgive you for the mistakes that you made that we didn't talk about. Because the ones we did talk about, you can't make that same mistake. You can't go down that path. <clears throat> nah, and that's the that's where I think. See, it's it's one thing to when you empower a father, right? And sometimes it's so confusing, right? Because the mother and the father ain't getting along, and 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 you know now she's mad at him, so the kids are in the middle, and they get hurt, and and and, and they're being brought into it. You know what? I tell people to this all the time. Kids learn exactly what they live, what they see. They're going to soak it up like a sponge. And if you show them separation between you and a man, no matter the situation, I don't care how it comes out. If you show them that, that's the way probably they will be. They will raise themselves. Right. And so we have to do a better job as parents. It's one it's one ability I've always had. My kids have never saw me drink. My kids have never heard me curse. My kids have never saw me argue. My kids have never saw none of that. Why? Because I didn't have it. Yeah. And I saw the dysfunction of it. I saw the fights every weekend. I saw the arguments every weekend. I saw the violence of my mom, my, my mother being beaten. And I said, you know what? I will be the direct opposite of what I grew up seeing. Yeah. So we got to be the example. So so the answer is simple, man. Men, we have to go back to being the examples. You got to go back to living the examples. Me and my kids book to this day. Me and my kids with some of the craziness of this music out here. Me and my kids, we my, and I got four grown kids. We won't. They, they know themselves. They cannot sit in the same car or in the same house and listen to and listen to some of this music that's playing out here. Not with me. I love it. Because <laughs> I, I ain't your friend. Not I'm in my house. Yeah. Not in my house. No, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. You know, it's like it's like it's like if, if I'm paying their, their phone bills when, when they come to my house. Mm-hmm. Look at nine thirty at night. Everybody phone hit my dresser <laughs> unless somebody else paying your bills. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just it, think we got to go back to being an example. That, that's no, it. that's good. And it's so it's interesting, you know, what you say, because kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell a kid, a two year old. Can you say mommy? Can you say daddy? They won't say it. But you say stupid or some other four letter word. They're saying it all day. They, and you're, day. Just, <laughs> you're just like, are you kidding me? And it's just this like profound thing that it's true. They do what they see. And yeah. I think you I think you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, who is Ray Lewis? Give us a story behind your name. Cause it's not, it wasn't your birth name. Nah, nah. You know, that that's one of those things, man, no matter, you know, how much success you have, how much money you make, um, or whatever you achieve. One of the things that, you know, you, I always, I fight with in life, you know, a lot because, you know, I want, I always wanted to know where my name came from, you know, and my mom, you know, my mom had me at 15 years old, and, um, you know, she was put out and my dad, she called my dad um, the day I was born and I was in the incubator and 
you know, he never returned her call again. And so she needed somebody to, you know, not only help pay the bills, but put put me in a name, somebody's name. And, and unlike all of my other brothers and sisters who end up getting the family name, I was her first child. And she didn't have a father. So anyway, a friend of hers um, by the name of Ray Lewis was in the military. And she called him. And she asked him to do her a favor, um, which he, would he come sign as my son, as my father? And Ray Lewis came and signed as my father when I was in the incubator. And I met Ray Lewis my 11th grade year. And I shook his hand and I told him, I said, I promise. I said, thank you, sir. And I promise to make your name great. And um, still to this day, I am still researching where where and who and what i'm here for um you know when god changed when god changed abram's name to abraham you know he said i will make you a man to bless many nations you know and and when he when i have this name the only bloodline that follows the name lewis in my in this world is my six kids that's it. Me and my six kids. There's no other bloodline. So so when I pass by people that say, hey, man, you a Lewis. You may be some kid us. I was like, no, not this bloodline right here. This, <laughs> <laughs> this was God given. Yeah. This was God given. But, but yeah. And, um, and, and then I never forget, man. Once again, my 11th grade year, my father, my biological father sent these papers in the mail. And he had my name changed to Elba Ray Jackson. And the reason why I, I, I love my father so much, even though we don't have the connection that we do, is because, you know, he went through something similar. You know, like he ultimately just ended up changing his name. So it was so many. It was so messed up. And, and, and so I wanted to identify and find out who I was as an individual, who I was as a man. And then when I figured out that God was doing something brand new with me, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it different. I wanted to do it for the kingdom. I wanted to be a man of God. I wanted to be somebody that, that, that confessed his word and, and believed in everything he said. And no, I'm not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect human being, mm -hmm. but there's something there, there's a, there, there's, there's a human being that's that hit my heart. My heart is after God I, and it's never changed. And my name being branded like that, um, it's something that I started to really take into full account and say, you know what, this is, this is who God made me. This is who I am. I don't know how all the factors happen. Mom say this, dad say that. The bottom line is my name is Ray Lewis, a man of the God's own heart and it'll never change. I yeah. love that. And I mean, uh, and not to get all gospel preachy on you, but yeah. I mean, how great is it? You know, the Lord gives us all a new name. And so your story really just kind of portrays that of the fact that we are people that are fatherless and he calls us his children, calls us his own, gives us a new name. And because of who you are, Ray, you, you, and I know not in your own power, but you made Ray Lewis, a, I mean, a household name. Um, and so obviously that was the Lord working in and through you. But mm -hmm. I just think that what a testimony to your life that that's something no one can ever take away from you. Never. 
We're going to take a quick break from our show to discuss Patreon. Patreon is a secure site that allows creators to make albums, videos, and podcasts like the one you're listening to now. So if you enjoy Write It Down, please head over to our website, xvxiii.com or spell out 1513.com in your browser. Click on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and show your support. Write It Down is made possible by the 1513 Network, so please send over your love, your support for the other shows as well. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Anyways, back to the show. What piece of advice would you give to young men coming into the league? And also kind of knowing that the men coming into the league um, went went through some of the things that you went through. I mean, growing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, going back to even my name, the one the one thing that I would give most men coming into the league, and I do it a lot, is I always give them the scripture. The scripture, a great name is rather chosen than all of the riches of this earth. Wow. And the reason why I give them that is because I tell them, you are a brand. Your name is all you will ever have. Protect it with your life. Become, don't walk into this business and think your talent will keep you around. Your talent will open the door, but your purpose will keep many doors opening. And that's where men have to understand that talent, it only goes so far. When you come into this business, People watch you and they see a difference in you by the way you carry yourself. Right? It says, it said, the good book says, like the power of life and death is found in the tongue. So I tell guys all the time if you, what you speak will find you, the way you live, it will find you. So when you come into this, understand what you're coming into. You have a chance. I did something coming into this business that people said I was crazy for doing. But I sacrificed every day. And I promised myself, Brooke, I said, I will be the greatest to ever do it. Now, arguably, you can say what you want to say. People can pick who they want to say. But in my era, during my time, when I was on the field, I made my mark on history. The game uh, comes and goes. But you're talking about the impact of changing lives by simply your effort, by your consistency. Bruce Lee once quoted something. He says, I fear not the man that practiced over 10,000 kicks one time. He said, I actually fear the man that practiced one kick over 10,000 times. I mastered my craft. Yeah. I mastered who I was. I mastered how to go into my Bible and how to find a scripture based on pain and joy and fear and hope. I mastered it. And 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 I, oh my gosh, Brooke, I'm telling you the countless calls that I have daily, nightly, really trying to encourage guys. And, and I tell guys all the time, hey, don't ever get mad at me. I'm not your friend. I'm your brother. Mm-hmm. Cause a brother ain't never going nowhere, and I'm gonna tell you some. I'm gonna tell you things sometimes that may hurt you, but in the long run, it's gonna better you, you know. And yeah. it's these things um, that I've always been open and willing 
And like I said, everything that I had experienced in life, it like puts me at a place where I am very open with people. Oh my gosh, I share the ups, the downs, the confusions, the detours, the distractions. Yeah, I, I, I just share it all with them. And I just wish young men will take more control of their lives. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're definitely not afraid to get your hands dirty and giving back and pouring into people. I mean, and not only did you master your craft, um, you also owned up to your name and made it even greater, but you also made the number 52 iconic. What is that? What is the story um, of the number 52? Why that number? Why is it attached to every single thing that you do? <laughs> I got you. To, I got. I got you. I got to the University of Miami, right? If nobody don't know this story, I got to the University of Miami four days before before signing day. The guy who had the scholarship at the University of Miami blew out his knee riding a four wheeler. Dennis Erickson calls me at my high school, and Coach Joe Ernest Joe, who I spoke about, who was a father figure in my life called me to the office and when I walked in the office at Kathleen seeing how he fell to his knees crying and I was like coach what's going on and he was like son the University of Miami just gave you a scholarship a full ride scholarship and I was like oh my gosh but he was like the only problem is you got to be to school in four days I came home my mom my mom lived in Tennessee at the time I had to stay with my grandmother because we went broke and stuff so um I was home and I was calling mom. I was like, mom, I made it to college. I made it to college. I'm going to college. I'm going to college. And then next thing you know, um, I come tell my grandma, I was like, grandma, I got to be to college. She was like, I ain't got no money, the money to run you down there. Boy, I got, but I will figure it out. Whatever. My mom sent me $20 worth of food stamps. I had one pair of jeans. I had three white t-shirts. I had a pack of number two pencils. I had two, I had one writing pad. And I was dropped off to college. I walked into the equipment room with Randy Shannon and all the numbers. And I was like, oh, I want to wear number one. He was like, you know what? I don't want my linebackers no more with single digits. You know, um, Rohan Marley, my, one of my best friends, was um, he, he he wore number two. And I was like, yeah, I want a single digit. He was like, nah, nah, nah. He was like, you can pick about any of these numbers. And I was like, man, ain't none of these numbers that left. And then I looked and I said, wow, I said, what about number 52? He says, well, yeah, ain't nobody really ever wore that. <laughs> nobody he, wanted he it. Said, yeah, he, he was like, nobody want that number. I was like, I said, I want 52. He said, why you want 52? I said, because I'm a man of God. He said, what do you mean? I said, I said, Randy, I didn't have a scholarship. This is completion for me. And five is two, is seven. That's completion. Like, that's why that's my number. And I'm telling you, Randy Shannon, to this day, I'm telling you, he gets teary-eyed every time we tell the story. Because I said, Randy, watch me and watch what I do with this number. This is in the equipment room. I was 17 years old. I said, watch what I do with this number, Randy. I said, I'm telling you, it's God's number. He going to cover me all the way through. And that's how I ended up having 52. And then I went to Baltimore and Pepper Johnson had the number when I was drafted to Baltimore. And I was my first two, three days in camp. I was war number 53. And next thing you know, 
I went to Marvin Lewis, who's my defensive coordinator, and I said, Marvin, first of all, I cannot play weak side linebacker. And I cannot win number 53. He, <laughs> said, he says, well, why not? I said, because if I play weak side linebacker, I'm going to overrun every play. And I said, middle linebacker is my freaking position, and 52 is my number. What the freak? Like, I'm bold enough to tell you that, yeah. right? Like, I can't and do it. The University of Miami, the University of Miami had gave me the swagger that I needed, right? That's one thing about the UM. Yeah. You, you, you will not be short of the swagger, right? So, and then next thing you know, he was like, the next day, Brooke, the next day I walk in and he, they call the first defense up. No exaggeration. And we're sitting in the meeting and everybody's whispering, right? Where Pepper? Where Pepper? Where Pepper Johnson? Where Pepper Johnson? Next thing you know, Marvin Lewis had number 52 and said, our starting middle linebacker is number 52, Ray Lewis, our Ooh. rookie. Just like that. And and everybody looked around and was like, this dude a rookie. How is he going to come in? And, 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 from there, and from there, we was off to the races. <laughs> Man, Ray, I'd say. I mean, were your hands on your hip in the pow- in, in power pose? Your hands were on your knees. You were you were showing power right off the bat. Like, listen, I cannot wear number fifty three. I don't know no. what type of team this is, but it ain't gonna happen. No, I no. Love I'm it. telling you, man, Marvin Lewis. That's why I think we had one of the greatest relationships ever because he was one of the first people. He asked he asked me a question. He said, "What do you want to do in this league?" I said, "Marvin." Listen to me. I would be the greatest player to ever do this. Ever. He was like, you know, I done heard that. You know, I done been in Pittsburgh with Greg Lloyds. And I done been around. I said, Marvin, okay. I said, all I'm going to tell you is this. You never seen nothing like me. Ever. And he looked at me and, yeah, man, and everything changed that day, Brooke. <laughs> I mean, you have some confidence. And you also are, like, speaking prophecy over your life almost every turn. So all power to you. I mean, but now you're seven years or so removed from the league. How's your body feeling today? What's your what's your workout like? Do you, are, you, are you just, man, I can barely get up anymore because I'm just. No, I work out three times a day. What? No. Mm-hmm. And you're. Man. But I'm in better I'm in better shape now than I was when I was playing. But you're not and getting hit the, every side either. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons like I, I don't I don't have to go through those, you know, those battles or building my body for actually contact. You know, I'm a huge cyclist. Um, I cycle every day. Which is road um, cycling. I'd like to make yo, that clear because when we talked earlier, I was like, Oh, like spin, you're like this no. is not spin. <laughs> it, it, I like I like the peloton. But I'm just it's not the peloton. I was like, you were like, no, this is like on the road. I was like, oh, no. okay. <laughs> this is not this, like spin in the Pilates. With all dynamics on the road. Okay, I no, I can vi- envision it now. But I was like, oh, I never really pegged Ray to be the guy that does spin class with Pilates. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know, I do though. I it do. is good. I do, it so is I, good. I don't want to knock it. Right. I'm not knocking it. it. I do, I do it. it. I just didn't. Yeah. I thought that's what you meant by cycling. I was like, oh, that makes sense. You're actually like <laughs> cycling. <laughs> no, nah, but see, so, I'm, so I, I cycle. Um, yoga is a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, um, and then um, if you kind of checked out me, you kind of discussed what I told you I've been doing with my deck of cards since I was 10 years old. 
And I've been training on my deck of cards, um, like I said, because of that reason, right? You don't need a gym. You don't need weights. You don't need nothing. Everybody has so many excuses on why they can't take care of themselves physically. You know, you think about the time that we're in right now, right? Dealing with this coronavirus and everything that we're dealing with. But if you think about what my motto has always been, right? The good book says you you must honor the temple. So you've got to take care of the body. You must understand that that's the last that's the last piece of a human being yeah. that you can let go. You've got to take care of it. And so for me, for, you know, guys ask me all the time, man, you still working out like that like crazy, man? Why are you working out like that? I said, because I'm chasing a better me. Yeah. I said, the game was cute. The game was cool. But that was for somebody else. On this side of life, man, every time I get out there and cycle, I'm doing it for me. Every time I get on, on that floor with these deck of cards, I'm doing it for me. So you know why? That's why I created a company that simply says no excuses. Why? What's the mission of no excuses? To redirect, give hope, or save a billion lives. Period. Right? How do you do that? Being the example, giving people something to remember the rest of their lives. So when you talk about what I'm doing, Brooke, I've become more busier now. The countless companies that I've started or invested in or partnering with, I, 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 no disrespect to what I did in the game. Absolutely. But, but I'm even more uber successful off the field. Why? Because nothing changed for me. The only thing changed is I changed my uniform. Instead of putting on a football helmet, I put on a tie. Love it. Instead of putting on a jersey, I put on a business coat. And put a, instead of putting on cleats, I put on hard bottoms. And I go to work and I build teams. And 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 that's and that's why for me, like look, I got four sons, right? And I always told my sons, look, y'all have never beat me in nothing. <laughs> nothing. No, and I mean that. <laughs> yeah, you turn the music off. Give me your phone. You yeah, ain't beating me yeah, anything. Listen, you know, we can go at it, and we can go at it all day and anything, right? And and so that's kind of the way I live my life, Brooke. And uh, and so for me, taking care of myself and building businesses and having fun and really one of, one of the things that my businesses are really unique about is it's always a give back component, right? So Power Fifty Two, which is my solar company. Right. We actually empower the powerless. Right. So the one of the <clears throat> the most frequent um, people that we use the most in our solar companies like veterans. Right. Because 22 veterans kill themselves daily. Right. So we actually give them the ability to come work for our company. Right. Which now gives them these accreditations yeah. to where they have naps um, because, um, you know, we're NC CCR certified. We're uh, OSHA. They come out, they get their OSHA 10, they get their OSHA 30. So when they come out, they're qualified, right? This the, the, the second tier of people that we actually empower is second and third chance offenders, right? So people that the world is through away, we actually give jobs to. So wow. we have an, another partnership with, with, a, with a, some couple of judges in Baltimore, one being Nicole Pastoria, to where we go to the judge council, and I say to them, listen, instead of sending this kid to jail for six months to a year for a misdemeanor, send him to my program, which is 11 to 12, 11 to 16 week program to where in the first four weeks, you don't learn nothing about solar. The first four weeks, you learn what 52 core principles of life are that we built, which is a criteria. 
Right. So all of these things that everything that I'm doing inside of my company, she's talking about what I'm doing from a prison reform, how I go into prisons and what we're trying to work with now with these companies on putting our curriculum inside of prisons. Why the recidivism exists? Why? Because recidivism is, exists because there's nothing to do in jail but sit there and freaking think about what mistake you made. And then if you're able to get out, when you get out, you have nothing to go back to. So you go back to a broken home. You go back to making no money. So guess what you're going to go back to do? You're going to go back and join the gang. Why? Because I can earn money faster. Yeah. Right. But guess what? No, we can give you the proper tools so that when you get out, you're going to be now not making a three to four dollar job. You're going to be making a 19 to 20 dollar job. And if you don't make it in solar, guess what? We actually teach you construction as well. And we stay with you connected for the next year to make sure you're accountable, not to yourself, but to us as well. So a lot of things that I build, uh, I, I love building teams. And so every company, um, just like no excuses, um, it's just a, it's a company that's that's built that anybody joins my company has to realize that there, you can't give me an excuse. Father ain't there. I get it. Don't got no money. I get it. There's no aspect of life mm -hmm. that somebody can tell me that I have not been. Yeah, you, can, you can empathize. I can empathize. I mean, with it, so. and yeah. what, what's so incredible to me is in every season of your life, there seems to be this thread that's woven. I mean, not only did the power go out on your last game, but now you're giving power to the powerless. I mean, there's just so much richness in your story that just interconnects like all throughout your life. I mean, and then with this no excuses, um, you know, boot camp challenge that you're doing right now. I mean, how many, how many cards are in a deck? 52. 52. You I mean, can't make it up. Um, no, you, you really, up, you really can't. <laughs> this is like, hello. I mean, wake up people. This is a testimony of an amazing life um, of adversity. So give us just like a little snapshot of what the boot camp challenge is. Um, I see some of your videos out there of pushing people. So what is that? Yeah. Well, well, see the, the, the deck of cards is just, is just a tool, right? But the tool is just to give us the ability to stop making excuses. You know, like I said, this coronavirus, it, it attacks the system that's weak yeah. and the system that's weak, right? The immune system is low on this and low on that. And with no excuses done, that's why we traveled all these different cities um, all these different countries to actually put on our no excuses camps and this and things and that. But what it does is it gives you power of your own self. See, one of the things that we've given away as people is we've given all power to social media, mm -hmm. right? We've given all of our energy to social. Oh, they don't like my post. Oh, they don't like my picture. Oh, they don't. Oh, I didn't get that many followers. Oh, I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. Wait, really? I know. Really? I don't need that, mm -mm. right? Because when when we came up, me and you, when we came up, the only approval you had was hard work. That's it. That's it. And that's where No Excuses steps in and says, look, the format is simple, right? The physical side is one thing. But we are three-part beings, mind, body, and spirit. And understanding that each one of them, Brooke, has to be balanced out. Mm -hmm. People must realize in life you have to create a balance throughout your life. And so when you come in no excuses, what we actually balance you, just like when I change from all of my camps, from doing just football camps. That's why I said I don't need to encourage some of the greatest athletes in the world how to run fast or jump high. They can do that in their sleep. Mm -hmm. But what I do need them to understand, what no excuses provide 
is why it's important to understand financial literacy at a very early age. Why it's important to get involved with a mental health component in your life so you can understand what mental clarity actually means. You see? And so No Excuses gives all of these different um, partners, and, and, and now I'm you know, in partnership with uh, really discussing something really big um, with Morgan Stanley, um, with them kind of doing my financial literacy and, and, and Victor Break with financial um, with uh, mental health. So a bunch of people um, are really excited about this movement. And, and I mean, my goodness, I mean, in less than what, in less than 10 days, I mean, thousands of people joined online to just join this car workout, right? And the car workout is just flip over a car. Do what it says, right? Go to yeah. noexcusestv.com. Look at what the, the instructions is and go through it. But when you go through it, you know what I'm getting online now? You know what all the messages in my DM coming back? You saved my life. Mm-hmm. You you gave me something else to think about. Thank you for channeling my energy differently. Instead of sitting in front of CNN and sitting in front of all of these news and watching the coronavirus, yeah. coronavirus, coronavirus. Scare themselves, well, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get up and do something about it. God says fear not. Yeah. Right? We ain't got time to be in for we ain't got time to be in a fearful mode. Warriors warriors only fear themselves from not completing what they supposed to be doing. That's why the cars is necessary because it's up to you. I told them this last night. There's no such thing as failure. Every card you pull, you win. It's the ones you don't pull you'll regret. So No Excuses has a really nice catch to it because it's this movement now that, I mean, it's everywhere. It's across the nation, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, my mom, she can't, she's blown away. You know, the people, she's like, somebody called you from Russia. And somebody called you from Russia. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, ma. Yeah, like, ma. I'm taking yeah. over. So it's normal. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, mama. I love it. And, and so you, you really do it in every, again, every season of your life, you transform people's lives. You're known, um, for really just being a leader, but something not going to lie. I I kid you not. I'm, I'm talking to one of my girlfriends the other night and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, interviewing Ray Lewis. And she's like, Oh my gosh, he was on dancing with the stars. And I'm like, Girl, did you not know he played 17 seasons in the NFL? <laughs> and she was like, oh, I love dancing with the star. Like, going on and on and on. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't think that's something that, like, he... I mean, obviously, he's remembered for it. And I know you kind of had, like, an injury and all that. But can you actually dance? I've been dancing my whole life, Brooke. Be careful now. Okay, I'm not Be throwing careful. shade. Right. Yes, uh, I ain't throwing shade. Been, I'm just telling you. Since I was 12 years, since I was 12 years old, my, uh, my best friend. One of my best friends in the whole world, Kwame King, um, we started a dance group because we didn't have money. And so we needed to make a few dollars. And we started a dance group when I was 12 years old called the Hardy Boys. (laughs) (laughs) And we used to go around. We used to go around into the skating rinks and... uh, and, you know, um, from like nine to I mean, from eight to like a 1030 um, used to used to skate. And then after 1030, they used to pull the skates off and it turned into a dance competition. And we had this group of nine of us at a time, um, sometimes six, sometimes five, sometimes nine. And we started dancing 
And uh, so I've been a dancer my whole life. <laughs> Listen, I don't doubt it, especially when you would come out and your, you know, your entrance um, to the games and the fog machine. Um, but okay, I got to ask you this. Was your were you actually screaming or was your mouth just like mouthing that you're screaming? Because I'm like, man, Ray's about to pop a blood vessel with like screaming, arching his back, doing his dance. Like, were you actually yelling? Always yelling. Man. Always jealous. And what's crazy is, what's, let, me give you something, let me give you something really funny. What's crazy is when I used to come out and know I had to come out and do the dance, right? And then we would, we would flip the coin toss mm-hmm. and, the, and the other team would win the toss. So we would have to go on defense first. <laughs> and I used to be on the sidelines saying, oh, I got to calm down. <laughs> I got to go on defense, but uh, yeah, but it was so funny, right? In 2000, do you, you remember uh, the movie Gladiator? Yes. When that, when that movie came out, when Maximus came out and he put the dirt in his hand and, uh, and, and all of that, that whole scene, instead of it being a movie, I put it in real life. And that's where that, that, that and that's where that, that, that actual intro um, when I started putting all the movies to it and putting other things to it, the song to it, Nelly to it, things like that, I started creating it. But I started it um, in 1998, and uh, and yeah, man. And now it's is it's probably one of the most popular dances of it, all time. It really is, and no yeah. one and no one can come up with their own that's that, that it's that good. So yeah, I mean, just another yeah. way that you left your mark on the league. Um, well, before we get the to the funniest a, person, the, the funniest person ever. Listen to me carefully. Fuckness. The funniest person ever. If you ever run into the funniest person that you need to see do this dance, a Shaq. Really? Oh my! Bro, <laughs> bro, <laughs> you have to see the dance do this dance. Oh my gosh! Please tell me it's on the internet. Is it? Or he do has, I need to see it in person? No, he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it live. He just does it with me every time he sees me, right? Oh. He does, oh, my gosh. he gets so into it. He I gotta see so this. I gotta oh see God. this. Man. Him, him and then if you ever, um, and then another person that you would die laughing over is, uh, is Michael Phelps, man. Really? Oh my. So we done it when, when Michael Phelps got married. Okay. We done. We was on the dance floor, and me, him, and his wife, and we all done the dance at the same time and ended with the pose. But if you see some of the guys that we all love and respect, and if you see this, them do this dance, it's hilarious. They don't it's have hilarious. the swag like you. They didn't have it's the hilarious. dance crew that you grew up with. <laughs> I mean, to help them. Um, just, just a few little fun questions to end our show yep. before we get to write it down. Uh, age of your first tattoo and what was it? Uh, age of my first tattoo was, ooh, that was my freshman year. Okay. So my friend, <laughs> oh gosh, oh boy, <laughs> my freshman year at the University of Miami, um, all the freshmen sitting in the, uh, sitting in the, the, um, the dorms and we're all sitting there and of course, we're doing what college kids do, right? We're drinking and everybody got beers and stuff. So we're just like, oh, guys, we're at the University of Miami. We're in college. Like, what are we going to do to be remembered together as a class? And then Dennis Erickson's son, Bryce Erickson, jumps up and says, hey, let's all go get tattoos. <laughs> and I was like, 
What? <laughs> my mama kill me if I get a tattoo. <laughs> he, he was like, he was like, no, no, no. He was like, you got to put it in a place where she can't see it. I said, my mama see my whole body. What's the <laughs> place where she's not going to see yeah. it? And then, uh, and then I never forget, we all piled up in, in, in about three cars. And we went right on South Beach. And this guy was open. And we all sat right in there. And the guy looks at us and says, um, guys, have you guys been drinking? And we was like, uh, yeah. And then he was like, well, you know, one bad thing about drinking is you bleed a lot. (laughs) Not that it impairs your judgment, but that you bleed a lot. Not like, oh, are you sure you want this? Yeah, and so the first one was a uh, was a panther was a panther uh, a panther um, uh, uh, come on my chest yeah wow uh-huh. never looked yeah. back okay okay next one almond milk or cow's milk wow almond milk I yeah I'm an almond milk gal my sister's yeah. learning to make it and I'm like why don't you just go to the store they're selling it like for the past ten years um do you do pineapple on pizza. Um, no, I don't know the last time I had pizza. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a pizza But I guy. do like, I do like pineapple on pizza. I've had, I've had it before, thin crust for sure. It's, okay, okay. Um, Chick-fil-A sandwich or the Popeye sandwich? That was a big, that was a big hoopla. What would you say? What? Yeah. Man, it's been, it's, it's been at least a decade before I've touched any meat. Okay, 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 I get you. Yeah. I got you, I got you. So are you, are you vegan, vegetarian? Vegetarian, Veg- yeah. Vegetarian. I'm more of a, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a pescatarian. Me too. I eat fish, Me I eat too. Fish. Right. Yeah. We are so similar. I could be your agent. Um, all right. <laughs> so, all right. You, uh, is it true that you and The Rock played together at the U? Absolutely. Okay. I've Were you supposed to participate with him at WrestleMania as a tag team partner? Or is that rumor? Uh, oh my gosh. Who told you that? Listen. No, listen. <laughs> Listen, you have I, a way of getting some information. Listen, okay, okay. If you don't want to answer, I need you to answer me this: What would your name be if you were introduced? If who was introduced? If you were me? introduced at WrestleMania, what would your stage name be? You can't just go out. No, I can't. I can't. I can't give that stage okay, name away just okay, yet. Okay. Okay. All right. It might still happen. Oh shoot. Okay. Mum's the word then. You didn't hear it here, but I have a few names that I feel like I could suggest. I'll let tell you know me, later. Please, I gotta hear this. Please was, tell me. The I name. was thinking the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, Ray. I kid you not. There's, a, I'm sure there's another few ones, but I'll just, I'll just ask you this last, this last little question. What song is like on repeat on your playlist that you like get you pumping for your workout? Mm, Sam Cooke, a change gonna come. Change gonna come. I have to look it up. Mm. I don't, I don't know that. It sounds good. What? I you don't. I was born. Ooh. By the river. Mm-hmm. Hey, sing it. Sam mm-hmm. Cook, I'll have to look it up. I love yes, it. Sir. I love it. All right, so now we're getting to the sh- uh, part of the show where uh, we mm-hmm. let our audience know something to write down, something maybe words that you've lived by. So, Ray Lewis, what's your write it down? Yeah, I, I think my, my write it down is simple for anybody. I think the three words you need to write down is "why not me." Mm. You know, um, one of the things that I think. Even when you write that down, you know, the good book says write the vision and make it plain. You know, one of the things I tell people all the time is when you die, make sure you die empty. 
And please don't ever stop chasing your destiny. Like I tell all people I love, like love me now, because when I'm gone, you you gotta celebrate when I'm gone because now I've transitioned and finally made it home to hear the master finally say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, it's, it's, it's not the workouts that you do that you remember. It's the ones that you don't do that you remember. It's not the people that chose you when you wanted to be choose, chosen. It's not the coach that cut Michael Jordan, right? It, it, it wasn't the person that pushed on Muhammad Ali. It wasn't, the, nah, it was, the, it was all of the things that they said couldn't happen. And that's why the write it down is why not me? Write the vision and make it plain. Like everybody says, oh, you, you don't run fast enough. You don't jump high enough. Oh, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. But then why not me? Why can't that be me? If, if everybody said what I can't do, then why can't I? Right? God says all things are possible. All things are possible. And uh, for me, that's like, that's one of my mottos that I've always lived by. And one of the reasons why I live by the book, it wasn't a good reason why I chose it. Because, but honestly, I've never been picked first. Ever. On, yeah. the football, on, no, on no teams. Mm-hmm. They try <laughs> to give me 53. Yeah, they try to give me 53. I'm like, man, what y'all putting me in a 53 for me? <laughs> <laughs> so so like i always said like it's one little one little <laughs> say it's line that i always come up with I always say listen i don't care what job it is if i come for your job don't ever lose your job to me because there's a there's a there's a resume that follows my history that says if you ever lose your job to me you ain't never getting it back mm-hmm. and yeah and that's kind of my thing like always saying why not me why yeah, so too. not me? Ray Absolutely. Lewis, write it down. Ray, thank you for joining the show, aka the squirrel. You heard it here first. <laughs> you can you can use it free of charge, not a problem. Um, I'll bill you later. Oh man, thank you so much. Look, this was really amazing. Ray, I appreciate Ray, it. Ray, I appreciate your time um, and take care. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.